When Tom asked if I would be willing to uh, speak this morning, he said it's going to be the Sunday before Christmas, and we're going to have a lot of people gone, and there won't be very many people here anyway. Just, just look at everyone. <laughs> it, it is great to see everyone here, and it's great to see so many visitors with us this morning. You're here uh, seeing, I'm sure, family members and spending the day and perhaps Christmas with them. And what a wonderful time of year it is. And our theme this Sunday is a uh, family Christmas. <clears throat> and I think when you think of a family Christmas, there are many different things that can come to your mind. Uh, first off, I think that for most of us, that we would think of our human families and the importance of that family and the importance of spending time together. And at Christmas time, it's a special time where we get together. I know that for us as a family, on Christmas Day, we're going to be having a house full of kids and grandkids and other family members, and we're greatly looking forward to that time and spending that time with them. And in the Scripture, the Scripture has so much to say about the family. You can read in the Old Testament and New Testament alike, and you find so many different instructions and exhortations that concerns our families and what we are to be and how we are to live and the way that the family unit is to operate. And that is all there. But this morning, we also want to think about another family that we have. And that family is our spiritual family, our church family, and the body of Christ. And that's what we want to talk about for a few moments here this morning and think of that family. And you know, it really all began with God. God, in his love, sent forth his son to be born of a virgin in Bethlehem. And you know this morning, if you have any doubt about God's word, if you have any doubt that God is real and God is in control, just go back in the scriptures and read the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus, about his birth, his life, his death and resurrection. Read those prophecies that were made hundreds of years earlier and then go to the New Testament and see how those were fulfilled. And we know that that um, not only those prophecies, but the prophecies in the future will be fulfilled as well. We see that within the scripture. So it began with God and his love and sending forth his son to be born as a babe in the manger of ba in Bethlehem. But that same Jesus dwelt among men. He lived a perfect life. He experienced the same kind of things that you and I experience on a daily basis. He went through the same kind of things that we're going through in life. Yet without sin, he willingly went to the cross of Calvary. He shed his blood in payment for our sin. He died upon the cross. He was buried and he rose again the third day. And it's this same Jesus that we look forward to that will come for his church at the rapture, the next great event in God's plan for man. And we look forward to those things. And so this morning we are going to look at our church family, our spiritual family. And in the scripture we have no lack of places to turn because the New Testament is focuses upon the church and how the church is to operate and what we are and what we are to do. So we could go to many, many different places in God's word. But the church, the body of Christ, is actually used in two different ways as we would look at it within the scripture. It's used, first of all, to refer to what we would call the universal church. And that simply means everybody in the world that has truly placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Everyone in the world 
as part of the body of Christ, as part of the universal church. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting that um, as you have the opportunity to meet people, and I know that I've experienced this many times and probably you have as well, you meet someone that's from a different part of the country or maybe not even from this country, from far away, and you meet them and you find out that they are truly a believer and, and you immediately have a bond and a connection with them. And it's so easy to visit with someone that's a believer and, and you have that connection and bond and very we, we should have that because we're indwelt by the same Spirit of God and we're part of the same family. And so we should be able to feel that. And so we see that the, uh, we have the universal church. When we talk about, for example, the rapture of the church, that's not just talking about First Baptist Church at Akron. It's talking about the universal church. And when the scripture says that in a moment, in the twinkling of the eye, that the trump shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise, and then those of us that are alive and remain shall be caught up to be together within the, in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord... It's not just talking about First Baptist Church in Akron. It's talking about believers around the world. What an amazing event that's going to be. You know, oftentimes, you know, I read in the Scripture, and even this morning we read the story of the birth of Jesus, and it's such an amazing story. And you read through that and say, it would have been something to have been there and witnessed that. You know, I read in the scriptures and I read in the Old Testament the story of Moses and the parting of the Red Sea and the children of Israel going across on the dry land. I read of Daniel in the lion's den, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the burning, fiery furnace. I read in the New Testament of Jesus and, 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 and his life and his miracles of how he fed the multitude and how he healed the sick and raised Lazarus from the dead. And I say, man, it would have been something to have been there and to have witnessed those things. You know what? We have a very good chance that all, or at least some of us, will be eyewitnesses, will be part of the rapture of the church when Jesus returns. And that is going to be something when that happens. And so we see that the... Um, the church or the body of Christ can refer to the universal church, to everyone that is believers throughout the world, but it also refers to our local church, to our bo the body of Christ locally, and that's what we want to talk about here this morning. So if you would turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, we have already read from 1 Corinthians 13, which is the great love chapter in the Bible. And love is so very important within our human families, and love is so very important within our church family as well, and supporting one another and loving one another in the way that God has instructed us. And within the same context of that chapter, we just go a few verses prior to that, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and begin reading in verse number 12, it says, For as the body is one, and hath many members... And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit were we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Greeks, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not <clears throat> one member, but many. 
If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Behold, I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And so as we think of our family Christmas and our body of Christ here in our local church at First Baptist Church in Akron, we see here that the Apostle Paul was writing to a local church in his time, the church at Corinth, and he compared the church to our physical body. And he said that that our bodies are made up of many individual parts, but it operates together as a whole. And so is the body of Christ, the church. We're made up of many different members, and every member is important, and every member has a part, and every member needs to be using the gifts and talents that God has given to them. Within this passage of Scripture, it's really talking about spiritual gifts. That's within the whole context of of this section of 1 Corinthians, um, these several chapters here in the middle of the book. Each and every one of us has been given a gift by God. When we're saved, if you read just back a couple of verses in verse number 7, it says, And the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. Every one of us is given a spiritual gift. Now, we want to be sure that we don't get confused when it comes to the subject of spiritual gifts. Um, And when you read on down through some of these verses, you will find that it talks about the sign gifts, the apostolic gifts. Easy for some people to say. You know, everyone should have to do this once in a while we would be far more forgiving of our pastor if we did. (laughs) But we don't want to get confused about the temporary, the sign gifts. They were given for a reason. They were given temporarily for the early church as a sign to authenticate the message of of the early church and of the early believers. When the scriptures were completed, there was no longer a need for those gifts and they went away. But that does not minimize the importance of spiritual gifts or the fact that each and every one of us as a believer has a spiritual gift and we are to be utilizing that and, uh, and uh, ministering in that way within the local church with the gifts that God has given to us. Every one of us is a member of the body. You know, right now we are without a pastor. And I was, I was thinking about that this past week. I was thinking, you know, it seems like it's been a long time since Pastor Peterson and Laverne left. really hasn't been that long. It's just been October, November, and part of December, but it seems like a long time. And we look forward to the time when we, uh, when we have a pastor here again. We very much look forward to that. And yet I firmly believe that God has a purpose in our lives, individually and in our life, collectively as a church, in everything that he allows to happen. And he'll use that within our, our lives and within our church. And you know, even though we miss having a pastor, this has been a time, I think, in many ways that has been good for us as a church. For one thing, it has forced 
many of us to step up and do things that we normally wouldn't do, to exercise the gifts and talents that God has given to us. And, you know, to our credit as a church, the church has continued to function every Sunday. We have continued to move forward and to do the things that needs to be done and continue to, to, to mature and grow during this time. But one of the things about it, it has really forced many different individuals to step up and to do things that they, they, they normally wouldn't maybe have done if the pastor would have been here. We have an amazing church. We have so much talent that's just been demonstrated here this morning of individuals with their music and different things. Um, and as you look around the church and over the past few Sundays, last Sunday Doug taught Sunday school class, this Sunday Keith taught Sunday school class, both of them were very, very good. And not only that, you look around throughout the entire Sunday school and Wana Club and all the people that are operating and functioning and doing those type of things is very, very important. But you know, it's not just important that we pull together and we do that during the time where, when we don't have a pastor. It's extremely important that we always do that. You know, I think our tendency might be when we call a pastor and he comes full time to say, Phew, now I can sit back and relax a little bit. That's not the way that God intended the church to operate. We're missing a very important part of our church right now. The pastor that we call is going to be an individual that is called of God and gifted as a pastor teacher. He's going to have that spiritual gift. And we need that shepherd and we need that consistent teaching. But it's not a one-man show. The church is a body. And it's made up of every one of us and every one of us is to be operating within that. In fact, you know, you want to see a church that is just dead and not going anywhere, I'll guarantee you, you'll find a church where all of the congregation wants to sit back and be spectators, and you have a one-man show. A church like that is never going to really go anyplace. You find a church where that has a pastor that is doing his role, but all the members are pulling together and pulling their weight and doing the things that God has called them to do, and you're going to find a church that is growing, a church that is dynamic, and a church that's going somewhere. So we need to keep that in mind, not only now, while we don't have a pastor, but when we look forward to the time when we have one again. There's so many different things that um, we can see and we can discuss within this as far as the body of Christ and how we are to operate together. But most importantly, we want to thank for just a few moments this morning as how do we become a part of the body of Christ? How do we become members of this church? How do we become members of this family? Well, you know, when Jesus was asked, he said that except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He said that there is one way and only one way to come into God. We may, you know, there may be individuals that would think there are many different ways and things that they could do to become right with God, um, but it's not that way at all. And this morning, as we have gathered together here, keep in mind that just attending church does not make you part of the family. Attending church is extremely important. In fact, the scripture says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, 
But just coming and attending the church does not make you part of the family. In fact, you don't even have to be in church to become right with God. I know, because I wasn't in church when I was saved. Forty-three. I started to say 23 years ago. <laughs> Seems like I can't believe I would have been saved 43 years ago. I must have been very, very young. <laughs> I wasn't. Um, 43 years ago when I received Christ as my personal Savior, I was driving a tractor. Now, church played a very important part in that. Because of the circumstances that God brought into my life, I went back to church from when I was a child, raised up in church and heard the message many, many, many times, but I'd never made it personal. God worked out in my life to where I was back in, in church. I was there for several Sundays, and every Sunday I was sure the pastor had prepared a message with just me in mind. He preached directly at me each time because I was under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, of course. But as I had heard that message again, and I was working on a farm and driving tractor and preparing the fields for um, planting corn that spring, and you spend hours and hours, that's all I would think about. And finally God got a hold of my heart, and I stopped the tractor, and I made my heart right with God. I prayed, asking him to come to my life and become my Savior and to forgive me of my sins. So you don't have to be in church for that to happen. But church is a good place for it to happen. So just attending or just being a member or just being baptized or just doing good things, none of that makes you a part of the family. If you would turn to one other passage of Scripture, to Romans chapter 6. And verse number 23 it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It tells us that what we've earned, what we deserve because of our sin, is eternal separation from God. Earlier in Romans it tells us that for all of sin then come short of the glory of God. We've all earned, we've all deserved to be eternally separated from God, but God in his love has offered us a gift, the gift of eternal life, to be received by faith. You know, here in just a few days, we're going to be celebrating Christmas Day. And one of the things that we do at our house is we open gifts. And right now, we have a Christmas tree that's set up. And it's, I mean, it is just packed under that tree with gifts. And I haven't dug through them, but I'm sure there's a couple of gifts there that are for me. When we get to Christmas Day, if I just left those gifts under the tree, I never opened them and made them mine, they wouldn't ever do me any good. They would just be there. And the same is true with the matter of salvation. God has offered us the gift of eternal life. But just knowing about it, knowing it's there, doesn't make it real within your own life. You have to make it personal and accept that gift and accept Christ as your Savior. This morning, I trust that uh, each and every one of us would take a look in our own lives, make sure that we have made that personal commitment that Christ is within us, that he is our Lord and Savior, 
that we have that eternal life. And then as Christians that we would examine our lives within the uh, church family to be sure that we're doing the things that God has called us to do and has for us to do and that we're performing the functions that he has for us on each and every day. Let's bow together for just a moment of prayer. And as we do bow, let's just take a moment and just allow God to speak to our hearts and think upon these things. And first of all, be sure that you have come to the place in your life where your life is right with God, that you've made a personal commitment by faith in Jesus Christ. If not, there's many individuals here in the church that would love to talk to you, love to share with you from God's Word and, and speak to you, and be sure before you leave today that, that you take that as an opportunity. But also as believers, during this time when we're out without a pastor, just examining our lives, making sure that we're right, that we're doing the things with one another that with the way that we should. Let's bow for just a moment of silent prayer, and then I will lead us in prayer, and then Amy's going to close with a special number for us here this morning. are so thankful that we've been able to come together and meet with one another and worship you here this morning. We're so thankful for your love and the way that you've demonstrated your love in sending forth your son to be born, to live, to die for us, to shed his blood. We thank you for all of these things and we thank you for your word. We just ask that you would um, bless each one that is here in the spiritual realm and just work within each of our lives. And we just pray that you would just continue to bless us as a church and guide us and give us direction as we search to find the individual that you would have to come and to be our, our shepherd and pastor. We pray for your direction there. We thank you for your love, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.